0: Find all your favorite movies and shows faster with Xfinity. Just speak into the X1 voice remote to search across live TV, on demand, even Netflix and Prime Video. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Switch to Xfinity today and get a great offer. You'll enjoy Xfinity X1, which gives you access to your favorite streaming apps like Netflix, YouTube, and now Prime Video. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit the store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.
1: Welcome to Fair Game, the podcast with a firm focus on Irish sportswomen, coming to you from the Headstuff Podcast Network.
2: I'm Emily Glenn. And I'm Elaine Buckley. On this episode of the show, we're going to be meeting a woman who has been boxing clever and blazing a trail for Ireland. But before we do that, just a quick reminder of where you can find us. Check out headstuff.org for our full archive of episodes. And Fair Game is also available to subscribe to on iTunes, Android, Stitcher and Spotify. Just search our name and we'll be there.
1: And if you could take the time to rate and review us on your app of choice too, that would be hugely appreciated. It's not something people like us just say at the start of the podcast Feel the time. It does actually really help other potential listeners find out about Fair Game.
2: Sharing episodes on Twitter, Facebook, WhatsApp or wherever else you do your social networking also goes a long way. So please pass the podcast on if you like what you hear.
1: And finally, make sure you're following us on Twitter too at Fair Game Cast where we provide a constant stream of news, views and opinions on everything going on in women's sports both at home and abroad. And we're also open Feedback and suggestions. So, in May of last
2: year, this woman made history as only the fifth ever Irish boxer to contest a World Championships final. And she came home with a silver medal proudly in her clutches. At the beginning of this year, she won her seventh national title and her first at lightweight and has gone on to claim several other titles in the division since then, most recently striking gold at the Boxam Elite Tournament in Tenerife earlier this month.
1: So joining us in the fair game hot seat this month to tell us all about what has been a whirlwind
0: 18 months for her. Kelly Harrington, you're very welcome to fair game. Thanks very much, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me.
1: No bother at all. Listen, so you've just come home from Tenerife with a gold in your pocket. Um, how How's it been since you've gotten back? Have you given yourself a little bit of time off?
0: Everybody's saying to me, oh, you don't look like you're away in Tenerife, because like, I didn't get a colour over there, but... Sure. It's not what I wanted. I wanted a gold medal, so I got what I what I went over to get. I've took two weeks off since I've got back because I've pretty much been going all year. Like Although this year wasn't a big year for majors or anything like that, I've been kept busy. I uh, had 14 fights this year, so I've took the last two weeks off and I've been literally eating what I want and... <laughs> lazing around and just catching up with, with family and stuff. Yeah. So a busy year indeed,
2: Kelly, between your latest gold medal, the European Union silver in August and gold Romania in May and claiming that national title back in February. The move to boxing at lightweight seems to be
0: working well for you. Yeah, um, I've always like been light enough anyway so i said i just drop down give it a, i was just testing it this year to see how i get on i was just sticking around at 60 anyways for a while and see how it pans out but um, i seem to get a bit more competition you know because it's an olympic weight. Um, they're sending me away to a lot more tournaments before i wasn't getting sent off anywhere because 60 wasn't included in a lot of the tournaments like the smaller tournaments they wouldn't they'd only include olympic weights so now that i've dropped i, I have a chance to go away and get more competition and you know put myself out there and you beat the reigning european champion this year year as well at that weight. Yeah, um beat the, the Russian-European champion, actually beat her quite well <laughs> which was surprising for myself saying that like um, I had boxed a Romanian um, Ukrainian and then they're Russian in the final and you know she's she is tough. Like the girl who I fought in the seniors this year, the Russian fighter last year in the Europeans, and basically when I seen them fighting, I was like, oh, Jesus, I wouldn't like to be fighting her now. Eh? And then here I am facing her like in in the finals of that tournament over in Romania, and she was good, but I I knew exactly what she was going to do, so it was great to get in there and to get the win against her, and especially a Russian because. It's very hard to get a decision against Russian sometimes, you know, like, so I was delighted to get the win.
1: We'll come back to uh, the kind of mental side of what it takes to actually step into the ring a bit later on because we have a ton of questions about that. Back to the weights. You have been fighting at 60 kg this year, but you won your world championship silver at 64. So take us back to
0: that night in Kazakhstan 18 months ago. She's eighteen months ago. It doesn't even feel like that now. Like previously, before I even went out to Kazakhstan, like I'm boxing a long time now. Where uh, I've won seven national titles. My first one was at sixty nine kilos, um, and then I dropped down to sixty four. So I've been walking around, but I was never as focused as what I am now. Like it was kind of a hobby uh, for the first few years. I was never really as driven. And then in the last like three years, I've really just says right, it's all or nothing. Like I'm gonna have to give it everything, or else just keep going as the way I'm going and, and I chose to put everything in um, and before we went out to the world championships the IABA had put on a lot of uh, training camps for us over in the old high performance unit on the south circular route we were training there with France and stuff so we had like international test matches and and so on and so on before we went out to the world championships and got out to Kazakhstan and I was just a totally different person I was so focused and I really wanted it, like, cause I had I had given a year of full commitment. Like, I know I've been boxing a long time, but this last year I had literally committed my life to doing what I was doing. Like, and it it paid off for me out there, and it was just fantastic feeling. Like, it was, it was the best feeling I've ever had in my life, being there and being on the podium and. Uh, winning, winning the bronze like actually getting a medal because I've been away at, at tournaments before loads of times with the, with the other girls off the team and they come back with goals all the time there you are walking through the airport and you have nothing you're coming back empty-handed and myself and any boxer who, who comes back you know you you give you give everything and then and you come back through with nothing and there's loads of other girls and they're walking through with medals and you just feel absolutely rubbish like because you haven't produced and you haven't performed the way like but to eventually like be there and, and now to be walking home and bringing a medal back for my country, but never mind even my country, my family, liked it for them to see how much I had put in and I just wanted to do it for my family, like you know.
1: And you had a huge reaction, sorry, when you came back to you with the medal. Um, tell us a little bit about that.
0: Well, I think to, to be honest with you, I think the whole fact of the matter was that. Uh, There was a lot of uh, publicity out there and a lot of media out in Kazakhstan, um, but they weren't actually out there for me, you know, they were out there for someone else, you know, and by chance, oh, who's this other person now and she's actually doing well, like, and by chance I just went and got a medal, like, so then I just came out of the woodwork and everybody was like, oh, she's just coming out of the woodwork, like, but I didn't really, like, I've been around for years, do you know what I mean, but... Mm -hmm no one ever really got a second look in now and and thankfully that women's boxing is like more in the media now than, than it has been before it's often the case with women's sports, so Kelly, that you have to achieve something massive in
2: order to start getting recognition. Al- although that was you were grafting away for years, that was your your big breakthrough moment. It's it's a really unfortunate side of women's sport.
0: Yeah, it is unfortunately. And then sometimes even when you do get a big breakthrough, uh, it only lasts for a short period of time as well. You know, so you have to keep it up and keep doing what you can do for as long as you can do and. Hope that you're going to keep it going. Like, how were the celebrations after winning your medal? Uh, over in Kazakhstan, when we go away, like the food just be rubbish. Sometimes you would not be able to eat it. Like sometimes you wouldn't give this food to your dog, you know, like because uh, uh, your
1: uh, dog, your dog is <laughs> <boys> <laughs> My, yeah, exactly,
0: yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't give you actually wouldn't give it to your dog. So when we were away, like it was the first time that I had actually brought a lot of money with me because I was like, right, I'm doing it and I'm gonna eat proper and I'm gonna make sure that I have money to, to eat out every day. Like if I need to eat out every day, all my meals every day I will. And that's what I had done. A lot of the girls couldn't eat because they were making weight, but I was doing sixty-four and I was doing a comfortable, so I was actually able to eat meals. So I was going out and eating in the steakhouse every day and eating in the fitness calf across the road for my breakfast, but I was I was on my own doing that. I'd be going out and I'd have my jumper up over my face. I wasn't breathing in the air and all because it was very dusty over there. But everybody thought, like, I was I was nuts. Like, it's just what I had. Like, I was just focused. And I was like, right, I'm not getting any, like, chest infections or any coughs or anything, you know. nothing stopping me from getting to where I want to go. Like, and I'm going to eat well and I'm going to stay on top of my game. So that was that. So the, the last night after, like, I had, I had uh, been in the finals, we had planned to all go out as a team and have a meal because we hadn't all been out together in this steakhouse and it was absolutely beautiful. Like. But after the final, I was just exhausted and I really wanted the gold medal. Like, and mm. I was so heartbroken, but happy as well at the same time. But it was like after I had stepped out of the ring, had a good cry and then everything was over. It was a relief it wasn't even like yes you know like oh my god i'm so happy i at to getting a silver medal it was like oh my god it's over thank god <laughs> you know like the pressure yeah. was now off like and the only person who puts the pressure on is me like i'm the only one who does that to myself like and everybody says it to me like kelly like you need to relax like because i get very like you could say something to me and like be like what? what are you talking about like just snapping you know like because mm. I'm, I'm filling myself up with pressure so much but anyways uh I never ended up going out with him, like you know, and I, w- I couldn't even. I was that like I was that drained just from emotions. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. The girls actually come over. I, I'm not even joking. You. I sat outside the shower. <laughs> Put my head into the shower because my hair was full of Vaseline because like, it doesn't come out of your headguard then, you know? They were like washing my hair, I still have photographs, and it. it was absolutely brilliant. Like, what a team! Like, I'm not joking. It's the best team I've ever been away with in my life. They were like bringing me back chips and everything, and oh. they were like, yeah, and big celebrations in the room, but I was just like, lifeless absolutely lifeless then come home like i hadn't slept it was nearly like two or three days i hadn't slept by the time i got home then i was in on the uh, ray darcy show and i still hadn't slept like i'm talking
1: about that pressure that you were under when you were over there and like financially and stuff it was after the world champ that you the world championship medal like you kind of got some funding
0: yeah um i'd never been funded before i'd never got funding um because i'm not an olympic way and um, there was talk that I might not get the funding because I wasn't an Olympic weight, but um, I was obviously moving down to sixty kilos, and I had made them well aware that I was moving down to sixty kilos, and so I wanted I wanted the funding, and I thought, look, like if the lads are getting it like some lad can go off win a medal and you know win a medal in the world championship might not qualify for the Olympics but yeah he still gets funding like you know mm. so I was just I ended up getting it then in the end and it, it's been brilliant like um, I have the full support of Sport Ireland the institute uh, the high performance unit out there and it's brilliant like everything that they have the facilities out there are amazing all the staff out there are amazing like there's everything that i need now i have Every, everything has just changed Like and has
1: that helped with the, like the pressure in the workload? because you're saying like you're kind of you know riling yourself up a bit or putting the pressure on yourself and has that helped you kind of manage that pressure
0: yeah it has actually yeah because again like everything that i need is out there Um, we have like psychologists and everything now Um, it really does help with the pressure when you have a good team behind
2: you it must be like so much when you as soon as you cross the ropes into the the ring is is just out of your control so like the the fact that you put so much as you were saying when you way away on the trip th- the finer details all those little things can really add up and make and make a difference considering you don't know what's going to happen when you when you step inside the ropes
0: yeah that that's uh, it's always the way it is um you do everything, but as soon, like, and, and all your feelings that you have, like, you could be built up with pressure and walk into the ring and thinking, oh, my God, like, I need to go to the toilet. Oh, God. And, like, that, like, you do be walking to the ring, like, thinking, oh, I don't know, like, what am I doing here? Like, like, what am I actually doing here? Like, who who enjoys getting into the ring, like, to get hit? Like, you know, like, <laughs> um, and uh, like, these things could be going through your head, like, literally as you're walking to the ring, then it's gone, then it's back, then it's gone. So it's like a, two sides of your brain are battling with each other. But I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think that's what actually drives me. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm a little bit mad, so I think that's what kind of gives me that bit of a push. Like, and then as soon as you step into the ring, like everything is gone. It's, it's just, it's, 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 it's weird because you don't remember anything, like except for what your coaches were telling you to do, and you know who you're gonna be facing. But all those feelings that you have felt are gone. But at the same time, you've wasted a lot of energy outside of the ring worrying about them and you know thinking about this that and the other like so it it's kind of like you have to try and i don't know like uh get rid of that so we're we're at the stage now where we have a uh, kevin is a psychologist that we're working with he's trying to help us to overcome that like instead of thinking like little little stupid things but I do think that I enjoy that. <laughs> I I actually enjoy that, and it makes me want to go more. Like, uh, I could be thinking, oh, like, what am I doing here? Like, what have I done to get here? Like, how far have I come? Oh my god! Like, I'm here. Like, this is deadly. Like, uh, and I'd be really like getting myself up for it. Like, and it's just it's just a constant battle of the of the brain. Like, but I love
2: like, it. it. It sounds like that kind of perfect storm of excitement and nerves just at just the, kind the same of time
0: hits yeah. hit you all at once. But, but it's the main thing is don't let them take over you. You know, and and they have done it many of times to me like and, and many of times to other people as well you know that's you born out like you see athletes training all the time um every day and then they're gassing out then and you're like oh they're not fit like and they're not this and they're not that it's sometimes it's all got to do with the nerves like it's all got to do with the nervous system and how they're coping before they get in like and what they're thinking about and you know like mm-hmm. even if they don't say it out loud they, it could be going on in their head like And for those of us, Kelly, who've never set
2: foot in a boxing ring, both of us (laughs) included, um, (laughs) just in terms of the kind of change that that you've made now, what are the biggest differences between boxing at the 64 kilogram weight versus the 60 kg? Like, in terms of, I suppose, how hard you're getting hit, how hard you're hitting, all that kind of stuff, what, what have you found the main differences
0: to be? 60 kilos is more competitive. A lot of more time will be put into the athletes at 60 kilos in a lot of countries because. It's an Olympic weight, sixty four. They do hit hard because they're they're naturally bigger. Like so, they'd be coming down. You know, uh, could be coming down from sixty nine, nearly. Like some of them, like it just it just depends on each athlete, really. Like okay. you know, because that no, that's that's something yeah, that,
2: that I always wonder about watching boxing. It's like you know the the how how strict they are on the weigh ins and that you have to be bang on or only a very small fraction over or under and that's kind of something i worry about the or wonder about the mechanics of why is that why are they so strict on those on those divisions oh yeah
0: no you have to like if you if you're fighting at 60 like you have to uh you have to weigh in at bang on 60 um it's over 57 yeah, like up and the under it's 60 it's the
1: upper weight limit isn't it like 60 so you can be like yeah between whatever 57 and, and 60 up to 60. yeah um, and so like, a lot of the
0: time though you will have like you like people will be cutting down you know mm. they'll cut from 64 65
1: it's probably one of the most like you know as sports go and i know i know an awful lot of female athletes focus on like their weight but as i mean i don't know of any other sport that focuses so much on weight categories to like such a degree that everybody's kind of fluent in it and you know what do you fight at, and all those kind of questions but talk to us about the mechanics of making the drop in weight class in terms of your
0: training like did your training change um or how did you do it see like like i said i was always kind of like light Anyway, to be honest with you i'm kind of walking around heavier now than i was when i was at 64 <laughs> which is strange um i've put a, probably a bit more muscle on Um, as i'm getting closer to a fight so probably two three weeks out i'll, I'll cut down on on weights so I won't do heavy weights but I'll try and get it in once a week so I'm not losing losing muscle mass like I'd eat a lot cleaner I never like I don't get how people can cut out stuff altogether, kill themselves making weight I just don't agree with that Um, I'd still have my me meals all the time and i just probably eat before 6 o'clock would mm. probably be my last meal if, if I'm coming close to a competition but I would definitely have like food all through the day and just cutting it down Coming up to competition, for the drop, for the cut, I cut out um, biscuits and chocolate because I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't go out, I don't do anything. So they're they're my my guilty pleasures, you know, so that's what I enjoy, uh, going after training, coming in, sitting down, having a bar of chocolate with a cup of tea. And as it gets closer to competition, they're the main things that helps me to drop weight is by cutting them out. And everything else is is kind of fine, like because I already eat eat quite good, like um when I am in competition. But when I'm out competition, I eat, eat everything. Like I love food. I eat absolutely everything.
1: It doesn't sound um as kind of pressured as I thought it would be to drop, because you you were originally at sixty nine, and then you went down sixty four, and now you're at sixty, like. And the the physical demands of dropping that much weight whilst training at like such a high intense level. Like, I find that mind-boggling, but it sounds really relaxed. Like, it sounds like very kind of, it all just happened really naturally It sounds it. Like,
0: (laughs) it sounds relaxed, but it's the last kilo. The last kilo is hard to get off. Like, um, I'd be walking around at 61, and my body fat, uh, like, is, I think it was 10% or 11% uh, at 61. And the last kilo is quite hard to get off. And, like, you think you're starving, but I'm actually eating more than probably anyone else on the team like and in my head i'm like oh i'm starving you know like i can't i can't do this i can't make this weight anymore i'm moving back to 64 and i've been eating like i've been eating all day but it's because i haven't been eating what i'm always eating is my, ch- my chocolate and my biscuits like so when i'm not eating them i think my brain is th- saying i'm starving like is this worth it like oh my god you're depriving yourself of what you actually love you know but one really really hard part of making weight is that. Uh, when when we have a period, like it's that's the hardest part, like and a lot of people hate talking about, it, but I I don't really care. I'm I'm totally open anyway. So, uh, uh, that's the hard part for me is uh when when I when I get my period is making weight 'cause because yeah, all I want to do like is eat chocolate and then you well. put water weight on and you know that's that's the nightmare. And then as well as that, it's performance when you have them as well, like because everything goes out the window, doesn't it? Like uh yeah, your mental state, everything, like you know. So <laughs> that's the that's the hard part and. Yeah, uh, luckily enough now, um, all the coaches understand that. Like, and they're not like they're all male coaches, and none of them are afraid to talk about it, which is great, you know. So, if I'm like, they, you kind of take a day off or two, a day or two off when when you when you get your period, they tell you, you know. And I I would totally use that as a, a full advantage to take them two days off.
2: And it's odd that you that 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 is just not talked about very often. Like I remember reading a, a piece last year with the um about the English women's hockey team who won gold at the Rio Olympics, right? And basically the first thing that their new coaching regime did when they came in was get the details of everyone's cycles. Yeah. And they train in groups accord like they do their strength and conditioning at one a group who who do it at a certain time of the month. Others are oh doing more speed brilliant. Work. They've actually built their training programme around it wow. and they won gold medals. So That's brilliant. You know, there has to be a link in yeah. in, in using in kind of using sports science that way. Yeah. And being open
0: about it yeah I, I I agree I really do agree um, yeah nobody talks about it and mm. it's something that should be talked about more especially for women uh, you know like you don't want like you don't want to be going once without your period either because your body fat is so low you know like a lot of people drop body fat in boxing like women they drop so much body fat uh, they don't get periods which is not not healthy either like you know mm-hmm.
1: it's incredible to, to to think about boxing which is um, thought of I think sometimes as such a traditionally male sport and you're saying that like the coaches have this really open relationship and you guys are really fr- you know you talk really freely about the impact of your uh, your cycle on on your training and stuff um, and the relationship between box and coach is obviously really really crucial so can you describe that dynamic to us in a little bit more detail
0: Um, I've had more coaches than I've had hot dinners by the way so <laughs> um. It's, you have to have a coach who you trust and who trusts you. So uh, the relationship works both ways. Um, And he, like, I respect a coach who will actually tell me I'm wrong when I'm wrong. You know, like, and push me to be better. Like, instead of someone saying, yeah, no, Kelly, you're right, we'll do that today. Like, I like someone who pushes me all the time and not who I can actually, like, Say, Oh not I'm not going to do that because I I don't want to do this and all. You need someone to be, you know, mm. put their foot down and say, no, this is what we're doing, Kelly. I'm the coach. You're the boxer, and that's it. And once everybody knows their roles and where they stand, and that's it. And the coach will always be the coach, and the boxer will be the boxer. So you don't step outside those two, uh, two boxes, and you know. But you got to have respect for your coach because at the end of the day, he's the one who's uh a lot of, like a lot of your club coaches in Ireland they're all volunteer are all volunteers so don't get paid for it. and especially now in the last year I, like my coach now I'm out in St Mary's in Tallaght and uh like I'm on I'm on a grant now this year obviously we're at the talking about it but um my coach now he wouldn't be paid or anything but he so it, it, I I've just been thinking about this a lot actually like I'm getting paid to train and he's not getting paid to coach do you know what I mean so he's given all his time Like, to train me, and he's doing it for free, and I'm getting paid, like, so it's, it's, it's mad, like, it's.
1: That's a strange dynamic, all right, but listen, take us back to the real kind of start of your journey, right? So we're going to, like, rewind the clock. How did you first get into the boxing ring? Talk us
0: through that story. Um, I would have been... Well, I started when I was 14. My dad's friend has a shed out his back and he, <laughs> he has, like, boxing bags and stuff in it. So I was like, oh, yeah, I did a bit of kickboxing and he used to bring me up there and show me how to punch proper. So I was up there anyways. And then in the meantime, when I wasn't up there, I was hanging around in the flats, sitting on the wall all the time, getting up to all mischief, um as kids do. Uh, well, some kids do, some kids don't. But I was and uh, there was this fella and he lived in the flats and he used to coach in the boxing club or in the area so I'd go up to him every day for a year at least asking him could I join and there was a no no you can't join we don't take girls uh, you won't be allowed in um, that was that in the meantime in the youth hall I was at there asking the youth hall could they arrange for me to go to another club he came up he thought he was meeting with a bunch of lads it was a bunch of bunch of girls and he was like, oh, uh, we don't take girls either. And I was like, all right. So I still kept hassling this this lad in the flats. And uh, eventually says, all right, you can train. But you have to train on Tuesday and Thursday um, separate to all the rest of the boxers. Like, there was like a fitness class kind of thing on a Tuesday and Thursday. So I went over I trained. Um, they got me a fight then. I was there for a while. They end up putting me in, in with the lads and let me train with them. But I think I was there for about three months. And they were like, right, club show. We're going down to Cavan you're going to box this girl. She was Irish champion. Got in never had a fight in my life. Uh was getting hit and I was saying s- uh, sorry when I was hitting her back. Got stopped in the last round. Uh bought me eyes out all the way home, all the way home from Cavan. <laughs> um but I said I'm going to come back and I'm going to beat her uh next year. And she was, she was a tough tough girl. Uh Caroline O'Reilly from Cavan and I come back then and I did beat her the next year and I just kept, kept going then, just kept, kept boxing after that. Um, it's, I mean, like I've had my ups and downs in boxing and in boxing, um, it's like all sports, it's full of, uh, politics and, you know, people who, who think they know everything and want to dictate things and all, but. I'm still here, Mm -hmm. I'm still going. When
2: you were starting out, Kelly, would you have followed boxing at all? Did you have any kind of early role models? Or even from outside boxing, who were your kind
0: of, when you were a young girl, who were your your sporting inspirations? Um, When I was younger, when I was younger, it was Katie. Uh, So she would have been my role model when I was a kid. Um, I would have looked up to her a lot. Now I look up to Michael Conlon he's he's my inspiration now well not like he he's who I look up to you know like um
1: and thinking about that like from from your kind of your days um knocking on doors asking if you can train with the boys um and fast forward all the way to now how has it changed or has it changed how has the state of kind of women's amateur boxing in Ireland changed
0: it has changed it's totally changed um We've hundreds of uh. We've actually, by the way, just while we're while we're on it now, we've actually two girls got two bronze medals in the world championships today. Uh, Caitlin Phelan and um, Kate, what Caitlin um. Gina Mac, can't I, can't think of I girls, actually saw um, today, I can't think of the girl's name. But Caitlin, I actually know Caitlin very well. Um, I, I know our family very well. They're from Saint Bridges and Kildare. uh, um. Is this K- is the Youth World Championships. Youth that are World at the moment. Championships, yeah. 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 Caitlin, do you girls? I'm not sure. the other girls, Caitlin, as well? Um, we'll post about it on our on our Twitter account. But they they they've had two good wins today, so they they brought they brought into a uh, bronze medals, So I wish them all the best now going on. But yeah, it has it has really a uh, has really come on leaps and bounds. Um, girls are just driving each other now. Like you're just pushing each other. Whereas to be quite honest with you, like, when I started, there was none of that, like, it was, it was one for all and all for one, like, kind of, like, it was just everyone to themselves like, now girls are actually, like, encouraging girls, like, you know, like, it's, it's, it's brilliant to see, like. Because
2: boxing is, as we all know, very much an individual sport, but in the national setup, there is a, there is a, that te- there is that team element to, to it too, and that you're all... Training in the one environment, often traveling away away to tournaments as well. So, what's what's that like?
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. That was this never happened before. Like we never trained in in the one environment. Uh, it was like it was dreadful before. That's being totally honest with you. Like we were totally uh, separated. Um, you know, like it just it just wasn't good. Like um, now we all train together. We all get looked after. Um, we're not quite there yet yeah, but we're we're getting there and it is better than what it was like but we're kind of getting what the men get it's not as not everything but we're getting best part like open high performance we are you know what i mean we're getting what the what the men get like and i can't give credit enough like um we're really get like we're really getting looked after up there and um, this year has been fantastic um for the youths and that like they're getting they're getting looked after as well. Like they've they've been over. They've had a few trips away this year. They have their squad training uh once a week. Um, I I don't know. Like uh, people say, like they should be looked after and they should be there during the week and stuff. I don't know what way it works uh, with school and all. I've I, I've never had I've never boxed at youth level, so I can't say this is what should happen because I don't know because I never boxed at youth level. Um, when I was like when I start boxing, I was boxing adults. Anyways, when I was sixteen, I was boxing adults straight away. Um, I don't know, but yeah, it it really has come on. Like um, a credit to to Irish boxing and the high performance uh unit boxing. It, it, it's bringing women's boxing there's on. There's
2: good structures in
0: place. there is the great structure in but place. Out of interest, Kelly, is there many women's coaches in boxing? Have you come across many? Um, we have a few women's coaches. But um yeah we have a few we've have, we've have Antoinette Fay we've Antoinette Just we've Kate Mealy she's from up the north she's been she's been Kate's been around a long long time, uh, so they're all good like they're all like it's it's early stages for 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 coaching wise Do you know like it's like you have to earn your stripes y- you like have to yeah. earn your stripes yeah like every earn, sport yeah, yeah like every stripe every sport sorry. Okay but they're they're doing they're doing like they are going they're doing well like and they're eager to learn and they're up there and they're you know they're not they're not the type of people who are like we know it all we're just going to come in and you know like no they want to learn the same as us like these these want to earn their stripes like we want to learn how to box we want to become world champions they want to become the best coach in the world you know what so it's it's great that that that's happening And, and the high performance is actually encouraging that now like the high performance is actually trying to bring women's coaches in uh to look after us and you know.
1: It sounds like the high performance unit are doing a huge amount to kind
0: of even out the playing field uh between the men and the
1: women in, in Irish amateur boxing.
0: Well they are, but I'm constantly on their back about it. Like look they can't even even when they're doing good, I'm still on their back giving out about something but I oh, know they but are that's that's the way it is that's it is I, what it yeah, is you it know
1: is. <laughs> so, but listen, talk to us a little bit about you know your average training weeks right there's it's once a month we get uh we get an Irish athlete in the fair game hot seat, and there is nothing I like more than knowing in detail how you manage to fit it all in, and we know you work part time as well, right, yeah. so like talk to us about, yeah, just like an average
0: training week, what do you do well, when like now I'm kind of like just tapping away now until January like I'll be back training full now in December out in my club but say from January on I'll be in my club on Monday then I'll be I'll be in my club on Monday Monday night Um, but in the, in the meantime in the day I'll do something at home because I have like a little small gym in my house now where I do my own little bit Um, club in the night time on Monday then Tuesday to Friday I'm out in Abbottstown out in the in the Institute of Sport, um out with the coaches out there. We'll train a half ten and we'll train a half three. Um from Tuesday to Thursday and then Friday we'll train at eight o'clock and eleven o'clock and then finish up and then I work on the weekends. But I enjoy I enjoy that. That's what I enjoy. But the, the training is really, really hard. Like you'd be you'd be wrecked. Like you come home then in because a lot of the athletes uh they stay in the, in in the hotel like you know so they go back to the hotel i go back to my house like um, i prefer to stay in my house cuz i live in dublin like and your home comforts and all and then I, that way i get to eat all the chocolate and biscuit and <laughs> <laughs> without feeling guilty um yeah so i like by come the night time you're absolutely exhausted like you could do a a, a track session or a strength conditioning ses- session in the morning um and then you could have sparring in the afternoon or or school sparring in the afternoon so it it is pretty intense you know like we do like we do be flat out you know
2: do you have a designated sparring partner at the moment or do you just
0: do you, is it constantly change around uh constantly changes like um constantly changes yeah yeah i uh, i i spar every everyone really like every as long as they're not heavy like you know uh to be honest with you for a uh, for women, you'll always... For me, you try and spar. Like, you can spar... Like, for me, I like to spar lads who know what they're... Like, What not what they're doing, know how to hold back and not try and kill you, like, you know? So it's kind of hard sometimes to get the balance with that. Like, uh, some lads just want to get in and want to break you up, like, and you hit them and then they try and kill you because, oh, my God, she's had to hit me, like, I'm going to... You know, instead of, like working and 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 hitting you back but not using full strength so if you find someone and there is a lot of lads out there who i do spar with who who can do that who are who are like elite and world class like and they and they don't like kill you but they still really put you through through a pace like you know um but i i I do spar a lot of younger lads so 15 16 year olds and uh, like lighter so around 52 kilos i try and get taller lads like because you do get some some of the kids with like some of the youths are tall and they'd be light so that will that would be grand but as soon as they got older the sparring is scrapped because I, 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 like they're too they, they hit too heavy then you know they start to their man strength starts to come in then and you can't be asking them to hold back in fairness like because they're only becoming an adult like and you're telling them to hold back and they don't really know what how to hold back you know so you have to let them become the adult first and then like try and like take them around holding back like you know but as they're grown, you can't be pulling them back as they're grown, like you know but it's all about finding the right balance for for a spar and if you're in with a, a, a lad and they're they're trying to kill you then you just get out like you, there's there's no uh nothing to be gained from that yeah absolutely nothing to be gained from that and there's no way uh, shame in getting out i i would be i would say hang on i'm not here to take a beating off you like you know i'm here to learn you're here to learn you know
1: The mental side of this is incredible to listen to, right? So you're talking to people, admittedly, neither of us are boxers, um, and have never seen I tried once. Oh yeah, it was last year. What was it? International Women's Sporting Day?
2: Yeah, it was the hardest training session I've ever done in my life, (laughs) to be honest. Did you enjoy it? I crawled out of the gym after, absolutely crawled out of the gym. I loved it, but it was... Really, really hard.
1: Well, that's the fair game standard we've set, right? So, talk to us about <laughs> the mental side of this because you are amping yourself up to get into a ring with somebody who wants to knock your block off. So, like, how do you? I haven't heard that
0: in ages. Knock your block off, <laughs> bring it back and bring it back.
1: So, like, talk to us a little bit about that. And even inspiring, you're sparring with guys, and you kind of you're just saying there, you're describing it like, you know, this guy could absolutely knock the crap out of me. So, like, how do you how do you do that? How do you amp yourself up to get into a ring with somebody? and and do that talk to us about the mental
0: training um for sparring i like sparring is actually the easy part because there's no winner there's no loser and you get in there and sparring is all about trying new things like new new tactics and like you're gonna work in close you're gonna work at range or you're gonna work at long distance so you can you can afford to win that so there's no real pressure on you in sparring yeah, you always want to do well, but there's not that much pressure on you. Um, whereas when you're going in for a fight, uh, it, you you, like I was saying earlier on, like it's it's a battle of the brain sometimes, and it just depends on 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 where your head is at when you're going in. You know, I try to uh, take myself away and kind of stick to myself when I'm away, cause I don't like listening to I don't like listening to much when I'm away. To be honest with you, when I'm in competition, I'm I'm I'm. A, totally different person, like um I'm not that nice to be honest with you when, when I'm in competition. Um people are probably saying, You're not that nice anyways, Kelly, what are you talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I'm not that nice when I'm in competition. Um I'm just I just like to stick to myself. Like Do you l-
1: do you have a song? Do you have like me do you listen to music before you get in the ring?
0: Um sometimes I do, like uh in the world championships it was all about Sinead O'Connor and all like all different all you know kind of Irish rebel music like just when I'm getting as I was getting in and that kind of got me up for like you know that kind of music um I'd be asking the coaches play that song play that song and like just Kelly relax yourself like Again. <laughs> but like it's whatever works for you like you know different strokes for different folks and all that
2: yeah and we heard on, on one of your training videos on Instagram a bit of a bit of drop Mur Murphys as well yeah like
0: yeah that. yeah I, I sparred with uh Derville Duffy there um a good while ago and I was just, we were just moving around, just tapping around, like, literally just tapping around and Dropkick Morphe's come on and then I just, like, it was just, like, after this she goes, turn that song off, turn that music off, like, because I just totally picked up the pace and start, like, picking shots everywhere, like, and she's like, oh my God, like, you need to play that song all the time, like, before you get in and I'm like, really? Like, I I don't know, like, it's just different things just kind (laughs) of, I don't even know what it is, like, just,
2: well, from January onwards, we so were hoping to hear drop dropkick Murphy's Blair in a full. Blast. Cause <laughs> you you have a very big 2018 ahead with massive, both massive European Championships in May and then the World Championships in I- Championships in November in India. Oh, they're in India, are they? In yeah, India? they're yeah. in New yeah. Delhi. There's no venue confirmed for the Euros yet, but um, the internet tells me that the World Championships are in are in Indi- India in November. Oh,
0: lovely. Hopefully, it's like they want to see what the the youths are out there now. They've swimming pools and everything, and it looks brilliant. Uh, venue they're in so I hope that's it's, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Will you will you be what are your goals for next year? Um I'm always the type of person who likes to take one step at a time, you know. So if to win the nationals force, there's two nationals next year. So win the nationals first in February. Please God that goes good. Um there'll be a couple of training camps and uh home tournaments I'd say as well, like so anybody out there and, and we're over in Ireland and the Irish girls are on, come and support us in the National Stadium um, please and uh, then the Europeans then, I hope to go out there and take back a medal you know, I never say what colour medal I just hope to take back a medal uh, and then as you get the medal, as you get a medal then you, you push for more then after that you know um, and hopefully do the same in the World Championships but that I take I always take little goals and in me, in the back of my mind I know what I want but I never kinda say them out because it works for me, you know. Like yeah. different things work for people. Like I've in my head I know what I want, like, you know, uh but obviously I do want to meddle in those two tournaments but I don't I don't like overly talking about them, like I just do it and that's it. And when it's done it's done.
1: <laughs> and you've you've already said that you're um trying out sixty KGs and it is an Olympic weight. And you're obviously already fielding questions about Tokyo. But we obviously have to ask, are you thinking about Tokyo seriously?
0: Oh, yeah, no, I am thinking about Tokyo. That That's that's the, the long term goal, you know. So I have my short term goals and my long term goals. Um, you know, like there was talk today about putting up a, an Olympic timer and, you know, countdown thing like some athletes might like that and some athletes might not like that me I wouldn't like it because I'd be looking at it every day going oh Jesus getting closer oh Jesus it's so far away oh Jesus like how many more minutes left you know like so Mm. I'm I, I just no just when it's there it's there and like I put so much pressure on myself I don't need to be reminded little things to, oh yeah oh yeah actually yeah I forgot that's going on that massive event that's going just around the corner oh my god you know so yeah I don't think anyone's going to forget about the Olympics coming up, especially if you're fighting at, at lightweight. No, definitely not. No. And you had a
2: very different seat for the for the last Olympics in Rio, Kelly, in, in the, the RTE punditry seat. How did you find mm. that experience? Was, was it was it difficult kind of watching, you know, such a high profile boxing tournament and not being part of it? Or was did it just drive you on to kind of, make, I want to be at the next one?
0: Yeah, I want that's exactly what I done. I wanted to be at the next one. Um, there was no way I was going to be there anyways because Katie had qualified and there was my weight wasn't there. So, I mean, there was no way I was getting I was going to be at at that Olympics. But it was a shame. It is a shame that sixty four is not in and that the five there's on, there's now five weights, um, whereas there should be all weights and and that's it. Like we should be equal. But We don't have a But uh, Yeah, the RTE punditry was was good. It was a uh, it was different. It was it was it was fun. It was uh, nerve wracking at times as well. Um it was hard because it wasn't what we didn't get the outcome that we were expecting. So, like I mean, getting lashed out of it as well by the general public, um, which isn't right, like I mean you know, like everyone wants to know you when you're on the top or as soon as you're, you know, mm. down and out, they're like, Oh yeah, damn sure they this they that like you know if you're going to support someone you support them right till the end Not not a part-time supporter you yeah. know so uh yeah um that was the hard part um i found you know because because i was on on the telly people kept coming up to me and saying oh this and oh that and oh and i'm like oh sure yeah like
2: people don't realize the sacrifice and really the training that have, yeah. that have gone into actually for four years, not just the yeah. four years, for longer. Yeah, that life. I've gone to get in there,
0: yeah. and that's 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 the like that's the hard part, you know. People don't realize that people just think that it, it it's a hobby, like, cause uh, a lot of people don't see behind the scenes and what you're putting in and what you what your life is like. You you're like a, I like. You you you're basically like a nun, like you. <laughs> You, you're eat sleeping and breeding boxing all the time like um, uh, and a lot of the time people are judging you thinking that it's just a hobby that you're doing mm. but it's not it's actual your life like and it, 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 the the feeling you get sometimes when you when you lose a fight it's like a, de- a, a death in the family like and people don't understand that you're already going through uh, a lot in your own head and people you know jumping in and giving you a little kick while you're down doesn't help the situation either, you know.
1: It's funny when I think people as well, like between Olympic cycles, uh, especially the media, like they forget uh, about the sports that exist. So things like the national championships or, you know, the European champs, like they don't get as much airtime. Like we all love a bandwagon for the Olympics and I'm absolutely a bandwagoner as well. But, you know, in between Olympic cycles, the sport continues and your lifestyle continues and the training and the intensity and your commitment to your sport is still there, but we don't necessarily appreciate it in between Olympic cycles. Yeah. Um. But listen, we've talked to you about goals going forward and 2020. Um. And we're gonna. I'm gonna quote back to you something you tweeted during the weekend. Um. During the recent Carl Frampton and Jamie Conlon bout, you said, quote uh i said i'd never i said i don't think i'd ever i'd go pro ever but kind of starting to come around to the possibility of it watching all these ireland irish
0: legends tonight is that something you think about often um to be honest with you i don't really think about it often uh cuz the whole thing of taking off my headguard uh i don't agree w- i'll tell you what i don't agree with i don't want the headguards to come off for the amateur boxing for women for amateur boxing because we don't get paid enough money to take it off that's being honest with you. like, And people say, oh, it's safer to have it off and oh, this and that and the other. I don't really care what people say. I just don't want to take it off for for that. You know what I mean? We don't get paid enough. I don't want to get clashes. Uh, you know, it's so easy to get marked up. <clears throat> Not that I'm an oil painter or anything like that, but I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be going around getting clashes. And as well as that, like you're bringing your kids over to watch, uh, say I'm in the national championships and I'm in the final or, or whatever, like, and, you bring a kid over to watch, and you get it you get a I don't know a head clash. There you are with a massive cut under your eye, like, and a couple of female fights around like that. Like, I'll be honest with you, if I had a child over there and I was watching someone getting marked up like that and blood all over the place, I would turn around and say to them, "That's it, that's what you're not doing." You know what I mean? Like, so that just to me that turns we're going back in time again. You know, like if we do do that, because that's what is going to happen. There is going to be cuts. There is, it's happening in the men's. They're getting cut. You could get cut early on in the fight, and that le- t- that takes you out of competition, you know, so for that end of it, um, no, I don't want to, uh, take the head guard off, no, you didn't ask me that question, but I'm just, I'm just, this is what I have said in the past, so I'm saying it now again, uh, I wouldn't like it, but for a professional, professional, uh, yeah, well, like, I mean, if I got a good offer, um, a promotion uh, deal, probably would, yeah, like after Tokyo, all going good, and um, yeah, why not? Like, yeah, well, it's and especially now that you can see kind of the the
2: path that well, Katie obviously and and that Mick Conlon and Paddy Barnes have have forged for themselves as well since since the last yeah. Olympics. Like, they're all they're all doing well in yeah. in the game. Like,
0: and that's it. Like, Katie start boxing and she got she got uh, female boxing off in the amateurs, and now she's doing now. Like, obviously, there's female boxing in professional, and it's it has been for years has never been hasn't been like hasn't been as out hasn't there much in, talked about. Yeah, it I hasn't suppose. been out there in the media as much like but you have the likes of Katie Taylor, Clarissa Shields, uh, Chantel Cameron, Natasha, Natasha Jones. Jones. Sorry. Um like they're all out there flying the flag now and they're going to take what they're going to do is people who are amateur will start turning over now. A lot more amateurs are going to turn pro and that's when the when professional boxing will rise like and by the time it come four years, um I'd say it will be well and truly uh up there, like it'll be well and truly kicked off again I'll, you know like so I'll hopefully just come in at the right time like
1: very good and listen we w- our final question to you um is about something I suppose more generally we know you're really committed to, to giving back to your community and more generally and each year you pick a charity and you kind of you do an awful lot of like really practical work with that charity and this year you pick Dublin Homelessness tell us about the work you did in that regard and is there anything that we can do to, to kind of help out or to, to plug that for you a little bit?
0: Um, Yeah like you said um, I'm not a saint by any means or anything like it but um, I don't know I just feel like every year I try to give something back and um, I tried to do something to help some charity out. Uh, it was the rape crisis a few years ago. It was my friend's child who ha- uh, has cancer. Um, and this year it was the homeless. I've done the homeless before as well. Um, I got a lot of help off uh, like the wholesalers, um, laden's wholesalers there the cash and carry down in uh, Richmond Road. They supplied us with um, tea, coffee, biscuits, bars of chocolate, all like the works you know all that kind of stuff and then like the amount of people who gave clothes like was just unbelievable like new clothes there was people from like Australia and Perth and all like and they were like uh sending they wanted to send money but i wouldn't i wouldn't take money so they were getting their their parents to go out like they were getting money as groups getting their parents and all to go out and get stuff like brand new stuff and me to collect it and everything like like a lot of people done that and get brand new jumpers like loads of stuff like loads of brand new stuff like and it's just it's just it was just amazing to see that people actually done that you know so on the night then um we went out the 11th um November we went out and we set up the table and we gave out the jumpers, socks, jocks, um, sleeping bags, wet wipes. You know all the likes of that stuff and tea and coffee and soups and stuff. Um, and like I tell you, it's just it's just really really shocking the amount of people out there who are homeless. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into it because like, it's it's totally off the question but we have a, a system that's just working like uh, clockwork over here you know, they go into prison they come back out of prison, they go back onto the streets, they do something else to get back into prison because the streets are killing them, you know what I mean so it's it's just vicious so we need to, there needs to be something done about that. It's an amazing
1: know? platform you have as well to be using to to kind of Shine a light on those various various charities and various ways that you can get involved, even if it is something as kind of. Um like you know, donating stuff—it's—it's it's a really huge thing yeah. to be doing. And I know you say like, "Oh, I'm not a saint," but like, it is actually a really deadly thing. And I'm sure you—you uh, you post an awful lot about it on your social media and stuff. And we'll—we'll we'll plug that as as well. Um, but listen, we just want to say a really big thanks to, to Kelly Harrington for taking the time out from your really busy training schedule <laughs> to join us on uh, in the Fair Game hot seat. Kelly has a massive 2018 ahead of her with both World and European Championships on the horizon. So make sure you're following her on Twitter. It's at Kelly64. KG to keep up to speed on her progress her Instagram is also worth a follow if not only for photos of your dog (laughs) Uh, and that's at Kelly underscore Harrington 14 top notch training insights too
2: follow us on Twitter too at Fair Game Cast for round the clock news views and opinions on all things women in sport We'll be back in your ears in December with not one but two episodes. The first will feature a very special Gaelic Games guest, followed by our review of the year, for which we'd love to hear your own personal women's sporting highlights of 2017. So let us know via Twitter.
1: And finally again, a reminder to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Android, Stitcher or Spotify. That way you'll get these episodes direct to your device. That's all for this episode and we'll catch you again next month.
0: podcast is part of the head stuff podcast network The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time?